0: hello and welcome to the higher training podcast how the hell are you getting on if this is your first episode welcome to the podcast for a little bit of context maybe it might be beneficial to go back and listen to one of the earlier episodes if you want to go straight into it crack on on this episode i am giant giant i'm joined by sky elizabeth now sky is a pure gym official insider she is an MNU certified nutritionist. She's an online coach. She is an in-person person trainer also. So she's a jack of all trades. We chat a little bit about nutrition. We chat a little bit about training during the menstrual cycle or as a coach, coaching a female during the menstrual cycle. Now that particular part, if you're not interested in that, you don't have a menstrual cycle or you're not a coach, skip that part. The rest of the podcast is more than entertaining enough to keep you hooked and keep you tuned in we chat a little bit about being with your thoughts some stress relief and stress management strategies and our thoughts around it in general we also chat a little bit about how much we want cheat day to fucking die get yourself stuck into this podcast wherever you listen to it make sure you give it a little rating a little review share it to your story on instagram or facebook or wherever you talk to your friends and tell all your mates about it all right enough rambling enjoy this podcast Boom. And uh, we are live. Thank you for coming on, Skype.
1: You're all very welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: And uh, for anybody who doesn't know anything about you, do you want to give us a little bit of a background on yourself?
1: Cool, cool. Yeah, of course. So um, I am a coach and I am a nutritionist. I have been a coach for about six, nearly seven years now. Um, I started in a little place called Grimsby. If anyone's heard of it, you probably definitely haven't heard of it. Or maybe you've heard of the football team.
0: I've heard of the football team, but there was one guy in a pub. I used to walk in pubs for years, and there was a guy, and he was only known as Grimsby Dave. And that's the only thing I know about <laughs> Grimsby. And and his accent, Grimsby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a Grimsby, all right. No, yeah, so it's, it's a nice little town, though. It's um a little seaside town. Not a lot goes off there. So I started there with Pure Jim as a self-employed PT. Um, and then... Have just kind of moved around different cities, moved into management, and then moved into my PT mentor role where I keep a uh, mentor other the to build a business. And whilst I was doing that, I studied with Mac Nutrition to become a certified nutritionist. Nutrition is more of my jam, mm. um, especially my mindset around nutrition as well. And um, I did a bit of bodybuilding a few years back, uh, so had a, a little bit of a journey myself with body dysmorphia and binge eating and stuff like that so that plays a massive part in what I do with my clients now so I coach females that's what I have got into only work with females um that's a little bit about me
0: brilliant and uh so you've been with Pure Gym from the very uh from the very start then
1: pretty much yeah so I started with Pure Gym I left for a little bit when I moved to Leeds. Um, there was no kind of job skill in I mean, didn't want to start up again self-employed in the new city. It's like an hour and 10, 10 minutes away from Crimson. So I went to work an actor for a little bit, uh, up. and then I went back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, then I went back.
0: And um, transitioning into that role of like mentor and PTs, was that like a, a natural progression for yourself, or was that like something that was a bit alien to you early on?
1: No, it, it was quite natural. So um, the two guys that run the PC business management for the company, I've kind of always um, been in touch with them. And I started, as the company growed, they used to deliver a workshop when pp first came on board and um, called pp Business Foundation. As the company grew and grew, they just couldn't do it themselves. So they just started to look at clubs that kind of, uh, because I was in management at the time they had the best PT retention the PTs had the best business and I always tended to have it's just a massive focus of mine a people focused and I always wanted the guys in my club to be doing well because if they weren't doing well I wasn't doing well by them so um, I always made it a conscious effort to make sure that they they had the, all the support that they needed so they asked me to help and then deliver the, the foundation workshop and then the role came up and they just basically said we think you'd be perfect for it so I went into it which was really cool quite kind of lucky but very much more of a I'm not mentoring PTs because I'm amazing and I've been amazing it's more of I made loads of mistakes <laughs> don't make the mistakes that I made and you'll get you'll get far quicker better results
0: yeah absolutely and like I'm I'm only 26, but I can al- already see myself wanting to do something like that in the future because I've made so many fucking mistakes already. It's not even funny, and I think uh, there is something yeah. to be said about learning mistakes from others instead of having to go through the the pain of the mistakes.
1: Absolutely, I always say on the courses, like I'm just here to teach you how not to be a dick. Basically, <laughs> don't be a dick. Like I was,
0: <laughs> yeah we, we I don't even know if we get any better as coaches, we just get less dicky as we go get older,
1: <laughs> yeah, then we just start being dicks to ourselves
0: well yeah this this can be true also, and uh when it comes <laughs> to when it comes to like you know mentoring and coaching um it's obviously it's hard to pick between two, but uh do you find that similar skills are used in, in both as in like obviously relationships and like the communication side of things is massive on
1: yeah definitely Um, a lot of what we did as PT mentors as well was actually coaching managers to better support PTs and Mm. the manager PT relationship was very similar to the PT client relationship Um, and you have to kind of flick between giving people autonomy and letting them come to their own conclusions about the way they want to do things to also just directly showing somebody and telling people, people Mm. that just don't have certain skills um, it is a case of sometimes I've sat with PTs that are uh, a little bit older in the game, like call them dinosaurs. They're like still pen and paper. They don't use laptops, stuff like that. And I have to physically go through and be like, this is Google Drive. <laughs> this is great. This will help you. Whereas some other guys, it's like, right, I want to go online coaching. I'm like, cool. Well, these are different options. These are different systems. This is the pros and cons. What's going to fit you? And it is definitely transferable to coaching, whereas sometimes you need to physically, directly tell somebody especially if it's like coaching a skill like a hip hinge or a movement sometimes when it comes to like nutrition it's like okay your goal is fat loss these are different options we can do set calories each day we can do calories that go up and down throughout the week we can do intermittent fasting whatever what is going to suit your lifestyle and you've got to let them make the choice and have autonomy in it so yeah definitely transferable
0: yeah I, I find that that's, that's a big thing a lot of people early on try and just tell people what to do I'm I'm, I'm guilty of it definitely uh and it's yeah, it's far more powerful if they almost come up with the idea themselves. So like, you just give them a gentle push in that direction. It's the same with yeah. ever not just in coaching. You know, if you're helping anybody with anything. Oh
1: yeah, definitely. You just kind of plant the seed and then let them come to it. Yeah, it's
0: Inception not exception style. Not,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dictatorship just doesn't really work in uh, many scenarios. So, and I think people come to a coach and go, "Just tell me what to do." And you're like, "You, you think you want that, but you don't. And that's nah. not what you need."
0: No, no, give me a give me meal plan I'll follow it. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, yeah. you probably will. You'll probably get results from them. Where are you going to be in 12 weeks' time? You're going to be no better off. You've not learned anything.
0: Yeah, that's it. And I, um, I, I was in the shop earlier and I noticed uh, the front page of, I'm not sure what paper it was, Mirror mentioned something about Slimming World and I was like, can't believe they're still posting this as front, front page news these days. Some fella lost eight stone. I didn't say how long, but I wonder what it's um. going to be like afterwards. Like, that's that's always the case not always the case so it's not good to blank a statement but a lot of the time it is with these sort of approaches yeah definitely and definitely. Uh, I've noticed that you're very anti-gimmick or anti-fad from from your your page was that uh, maybe because you had uh, tried some of these fads or gimmicks in the past and f- fell prey to it yeah <laughs> yeah
1: yeah definitely um, and I've had clients come to me and they're just they're just so disempowered and they're, like, at their wits end, kind of, like, I've tried everything, I've tried fat burners, you know, I've tried Slimming World, I've tried Weight Watchers. And they tend to think, they get into this mindset of, like, it's me, I'm broken, I'm a failure, I can't do anything, when it's, like, you're just doing the wrong things. You're just chasing magic that just doesn't exist. Um, and even things that I used to say the a PT that aren't true. Like, when I first started out, like, Telling my clients not to eat carbs after 6pm. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I've exactly. I've done it. Especially when I came out of bodybuilding, I was very much like, because I tracked calories and macros to the T, mm. I was then like, well, it works. So everyone's going to do it. And you're all going to do your cardio fasted and you, you've all got to do cardio. Whereas now it's like, you don't. You don't want to do cardio, don't do it. Right. If you like doing it fasted, do it. If you don't, don't. Yeah. So yeah, it is a bit like, I just I just think now there's so much bullshit and noise out there we need to cut through it and you can never say the same thing like too many times (laughs) If you're saying the same thing banging the same drum people still need to hear it because people still don't get it
0: exactly and uh, I I didn't even realize like maybe that that, because we're in kind of on social media we would follow people who would have similar views so to us it would almost seem like that's maybe getting smaller but to most people it's probably not like I would know I don't know what it's like to be a normal person anymore I'm just a coach <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. but like even mates uh, like when they're asking about tra- training or talking about training they're just like there's so much information they don't know what to do and it's until something really grasps them or they're like a character um, they don't they, they don't know what to do with themselves really or what direction to go with no definitely
1: not
0: I reckon um Obviously, these gimmicks and fads do play play a role in it. Uh, but what what ones did you fall bit victim to early on?
1: I uh I did this this military diet right. I don't know why it's called the military diet. I remember it. So it was like these specific foods had like magical powers if you put <laughs> them in these combinations. Like yeah. this is the thing. So in the morning it was um, a slice of toast and grapefruit. Mmm, mm, yummy. Then it was um an apple um some cottage cheese. My and then kid. it was, yeah, then it was tuna, just tuna on its own. And then at night time you got ice cream and a hot dog. Wow. What sort Ooh, of I know, I don't mean? even know where I don't know where this honestly I don't know this diet came from, but my friends were like, lose seven pounds in a week. Seven pounds a week gone. And I was like, wicked let's do it so we did it and it was just horrific I think I lasted like three days and my mates ended up obviously dropping a bit of water weight and whatever because it was like such a stupid diet but it was just something that they went round and round circles with They like did it and it was like they came back to it and then obviously it just didn't work so it was like oh, I only lost one pound this time and like you suffered all all that you suffered all week eating those foods for a pound like you were in a calorie deficit and <laughs> you dropped some water. That's what happened. But in hindsight, you don't know that at the time. Like it must be the combination of foods because they're mental. Who eats ice cream and hot dogs? Well, apparently there's something crazy to impact me, metabolism. So that was one of the worst ones. But I was just <laughs> looking back, I'm like, oh, cringe.
0: I think nearly the bigger, the bigger, um, the sillier it looks, looking back almost the bigger lesson generally um, for, for myself. Uh, I'm going to go back into the vaults of the worst worst days of eating that I used to have I used to eat like a beef burger or salmon for breakfast with like butter and broccoli and a handful of almonds and all this shit like don't I I like salmon well sorry I used to like salmon and I do like beef burgers made myself sick of salmon for eating it almost every day for about two years I imagine yeah and then breakfast was just ruined for me (laughs)
1: Yeah, I've done that before when I was bodybuilding steak for breakfast. And like, it sounds amazing at the start, but after like four months of it, you're like, mate, no, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Awful.
0: And it doesn't need, need to be that way. Um, And like, I, I wasn't even competing for bodybuilding or anything like that. I was just training the local gym, doing, I think it was, I was doing one of those challenges or whatever. And that, that's the diet that I, I was put on. And yeah, I got in great shape. <laughs> But then for six months after, then I was just fucking eating nonstop and not training very little.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It takes all the enjoyment out of it, doesn't it? And that's exactly what I was like after bodybuilding as well.
0: Yeah, what was that like competing?
1: You know what? Like, the actual experience of it, I loved. I loved the whole process of it. I loved my prep, um, and I know, like, and at the gym that I was working at at the time, I was assistant manager in at Leeds Kirkstall Pure Gym, and there was three other PTs. Competing at the same time and they were miserable like miserable as sin emotional as hell and i remember thinking like is that normal because i don't feel like that and they were like you're oh, dealing with this prep so well so i think uh, it definitely affects people different ways um but for me i was just like this is great like i i don't know if you're the same i don't know if it's just like a, a coach thing i love routine and structure mm-hmm. like i thrive off it so Everything was regimented, so I was like, "This is great. <laughs> I, there's no there's no grey zones. I know exactly what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, what I'm eating, when I'm training." Um, so I, I love the challenge of it. it. I've never really done something and followed it through to the end before like that, like quite as extreme as that. So obviously got loads of positive reinforcement the whole way through. Oh my god, you look great! You look lean. Um, I didn't really have an exit strategy, so mm. did the show. I did two shows. First show I did. Um, I went to British finals, I won those two shows, got to British finals, won that as well, got my pro card, and the pro show was a week later, and I just couldn't even deal with one more week of dieting, I was like, nope, can't do it, can't do it, um, so I stopped, I'm the same as you, that was it, floodgates opened, could not stop, stuff in my face, didn't want to train, all I was doing was like, eating the weekend overeating getting to monday and being like right, cool i'll just do fasted cardio all week and i'll up my training up my steps and i'll counteract it and then it just got to thursday and it was the same cycle over and over and over so the actual experience of prep and the show was great that afterwards was hell um so yeah i did it for a bit of experience in maybe coaching people i had a lot of people asking me to coach for bodybuilding shows and i was like i've never done one i don't think i could bodybuilding is basically just an extreme fat loss client they're the most adherent people ever but people think there's some magic to it and there's not but after that i was like i'm not coaching people to do this i'm not ruining people's lives so (laughs) kind of kind of stayed away from it i talk about it because i want i want this to be someone that talks about the truth behind it like yeah this looks great but afterwards be prepared
0: Mm. well like you could compare it well in a smaller scale, maybe you could compare it to you know a lot of professional athletes when they go really extreme with training and eating and the lifestyle for a long time, and then you know maybe they end up like going off the right uh, the the wagon afterwards. Like obviously in a shorter time yeah. period.
1: Yeah, they get injured, and then it's like they used to eat in four, five thousand calories a day, training for five hours, and then nothing. And then yeah. you see them, and they're like they've gained loads of weight and they've lost loads of muscle.
0: Mm. Yeah. But uh, with the with the competing side of things, because obviously you've experienced that, well, I, I, it's probably a difficult one. You would probably recommend. Would you recommend somebody who is really keen on doing it to do it, or what would be the conversation there? It would be more so. Do you really, really want to do it? Because you you need to know what the, the outcome is going to be if you don't look after yourself
1: yeah I think it's very similar to any kind of fat loss client to be honest you need to ask yourself like is this the right time to be doing this are you in the right mindset because what you find with a lot of bodybuilders is I don't know maybe this is maybe more a female thing but females that have had issues with eating or you know body image issues or whatever they kind of go into bodybuilder and mask it because then it's celebrated dieting is celebrated getting lean is celebrated whereas in normal life people might look and go you're a bit underweight like you know What's going on with you? You're a bit obsessive about your food and your calories. So bodybuilding just hides it, and that's what you've got to be careful of. The people that do that. So it's asking yourself if you're in the right position, and it's also asking like, is your lifestyle right? Because I've, I've actually tried to bodybuild again since like there's been a couple of times I've, I've started a couple of preps and been like, I know what to expect now. I'll be able to do it a lot, a lot better. And my lifestyle's just not been set up for it. I've not had the time. I've not, I've not had the focus. Work's been too busy. So. You need to really see, to see if you can sacrifice what it what it takes because, you know, you're going to be doing cardio every day. You're going to be training six days a week. You've got to practice your pose, and it costs a lot of money. Like, mm. all of the time, the hotels, the pose and practice, your coach, all of that costs a lot. Like, if you're not in the position financially, definitely not. Yeah. And then it's like looking at your business. If your business and all your systems are great, then fine but I think a lot of people do it because they think it'll bring them more business Mm -hmm. and then they don't have the time to focus on the new clients. Like I was probably the worst coach I've ever been when I was bodybuilding because I was just like, me, 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 look at my abs. That's all I'm bothered about. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you definitely think, right, I'm in the right place. I actually really want to do this. Um, Maybe people who don't have a massive social life, like don't like going drinking every (laughs) weekend or whatever, then maybe go for it. But I'd say a slower, longer prep, definitely. Give yourself time to kind of have some breaks in between. You know, going above and beyond maintenance for a week or so, having some refeeds in there, so you do have a little bit of a, a life in between, and it's not as extreme. My my first prep was only ten weeks, so it was just like bam, mm-hmm. straight in, all or nothing. Um, so definitely a longer prep, and also a a, a key a key thing is having an exit strategy. So if you're like right, I'm going to do a show in six months. If you get a coach, you want to say to them, I'm signing up with you for nine months at least. So it's like six months to show, three months after and have a real set plan of coming out of that because otherwise you're just going to be like, ooh, free reign, do what I want. Um, So definitely another thing. And just knowing like the journey doesn't end on stage. It's, It's afterwards and you are going to be sensitive to a lot of things. So you need to completely shift your focus and know that coming out of it, the goal is going to be health gaining weight, gaining it at the right weight, you know, bringing back your cardio, bringing back your training volume, focusing on getting stronger, eating more, not focusing on how you look. Mm. So that's all it is before. Um, So you really need to have that switch in mindset because that's what fucked me over. I was just like gaining weight, looking in the mirror like, oh my God, I was still like a size eight, but I was like, oh, a massive, where have my abs gone? And it just completely fucked with my head.
0: Yeah, I remember early on whenever I, I put on a lot of mass, um, that that the saying, you know, you're never going to be as big as you want to be, or you're never going to be as lean as you want to be. Like, thinking back, I'm like, I didn't even understand that because no matter how big I got, I was like, still not enough. I always want to get bigger. You know? Yeah,
1: or, it's so weird. Girls said that to me when I was prepping. They were like, you'll look back on photos and check ins and you'll go, oh my God, I didn't realize how lean I was at the time. Um, and I remember picking myself apart on these check like, oh, I've got a little bit of body fat there, a little bit of body fat. I started a six pack and I'm like, nope, there's body fat there. And then the same photos, I looked at them about six months later and I was like, oh, if I saw that version of me walking down the street, I'd probably think she's got some kind of disordered, eat, disordered eating going on because she's super underweight. So it's just mental, the way that your brain and the way that it visualizes you changes. Crazy. But you can do bodybuilding the right way, I think you just need mm. to find the right person who is invested as much in your health as they are in you doing well in the show mm. and you have a clear plan side of it I think you, you can do it well but yeah those are some questions to ask. is it right is it the right time is it the right coach
0: I think uh, just going back to something you said about having you know the focus not just being about the stage like you know the end you need to have after that, the journey forward as a focus. I think it could be the same with people who want to lose weight or body fat. If they're only focusing on, you know, the end point of losing whatever mental weight, that's when it gets uh, hairy afterwards. If you don't have any thought process about afterwards.
1: Yeah, definitely. I always say that to my clients, like instead of having outcome-based goals, it needs to be a process-based. So cool right I know that you want to lose weight because it's going to make you feel better and that it's completely your choice but what are we going to put in place every day that's going to take you there because if you're doing that every day when you get to where you kind of want to be and females end up changing the goalpost anyway you get there and then go right this is next but when you get to a point where you actually are ready to maintain you've got these systems in place whereas if you're just hell-bent focused on getting to this goal then you don't know how to live at maintenance and you don't know how to maintain it. And then that is when like you said, the, the wheels kind of fall off and you're like, shit, what do I do?
0: Um, when, when it comes to like, you know, getting in seriously lean shape and like competing, there takes, there needs to be some seriously laser focus. Um, you were mentioning social life. There's not going to be a social life whenever you're uh, prepping. And, uh, I kind of treat like the challenges I did, I kind of treated it similar. Like I didn't drink for like 10 weeks and, uh, you know, it's it's strange, like, you're right about social life because if you had any other commitments, you wouldn't be able to do it. Like, if your walk was really, really busy, no chance because, you know, when you're not a uh, really low-calorie steak consistently and all the training and, and the stress, any small thing can set you off and we make it very easy to go and grab a big fat donut.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, it got to a point, I remember my birthday was in the middle of my prep and do you know what a couple of glasses of wine or a couple of vodkas would not have hurt at all Mm -hmm. but I was just so like I would have I would have tortured myself if I did it Mm. I ended up having non-alcoholic beer and I even tracked the carbs in my beer like that's where I was at Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my life and looking back now I'm like you could just had like diet coke and a couple of vodkas not got drunk because most people tend to think it's the alcohol that makes you put on weight. It's like more than likely it's food that you eat after you've had the alcohol and got drunk, and you don't yeah. care anymore. When you're hungover the next day, mm. so yeah, looking back, I'm like, oh, guy, you should have just have a glass of wine and just chilled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Speaking of uh, hangovers, would you have been much of a drinker before you started coaching?
1: Yeah, I was. I was back in my uh, my youth, um, so. I always leave this part out. It's probably the most interesting part of my life. I actually got into the fitness industry because I broke my hip. And nice. um, before that, I wasn't really into training or looking after myself at all. I'd been working away abroad uh, in Greece, and started to get a bit of a pain in my hip. And then one day, I fell on a drain, and it like I just couldn't put any weight on it whatsoever. I had to fly home, and I was I've just turned twenty one. And when I got home, they're like treating me like this freak show. They're like, you've broken your hip. You look like an 80-year-old woman. Like, that's how brittle your bones are. What have you been doing? And I was like, drinking, eating kebabs every day. And they were like, your health is so bad. You've broken your hip. Like, it is not normal for a 21-year-old. So that was kind of what gave me a kick up the ass. I was like, this isn't funny anymore. Like, this is my life. And I'm I'm basically just pissing up the walls to get drunk all the time. So. Yeah, then I did kind of cut back on the drinking, but I'm still super sociable now. Definitely,
0: I I I would have been uh, so stereotypical as an Irish man, a bit of a big drinker whenever I was younger as well. And I kind of coaching was probably what helped me uh, stop drinking as much. Not even that it stopped helped me. It was that you know if there's a couple of uh, occasions where I could drink at the weekend. But I'm going to be coaching the next morning. I'm going to be like, no, I'm going to coach. I'm not going to go drinking. And it's not that like I'm yeah. starving myself of alcohol from coaching. It's that I'm doing something that I enjoy more. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. Like I used to work on a Saturday, and I loved it. And people go, oh, but you can't do anything on a Friday. I'm like, well, I can. I just don't have to get absolutely bladded. Mm. <laughs> I just don't come along and drive or just have a couple. And like, I actually enjoy what I do. So I'm fine. Like it's so cringy and, and cliche, but people say you know. If you enjoy what you do, you never work a day in your life. It's like I didn't care about working on a Saturday; nah. it didn't bother me at all. No,
0: that's it's always a good sign whenever you can uh, miss a night out uh, or go easy on a night out for work or or even go in the day after, even if you have a heavy had heavy had a heavy night and still coaching no problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just like oh, I need some uh, chewing gum because I have the stink of alcohol. But other yeah. than that, no one knows. <laughs> I'm
0: I'm just standing a little bit further back so I can see see you a little bit better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah don't come near me you'll, you'll be drunk off the fumes
0: <laughs> what what are you like uh, uh, slightly hungover as a coach
1: I'm alright mate <laughs> I crack on crack on you know what I don't really get hangovers anymore nah. um, I feel like because I'm such a high practice person I think I just metabolise my alcohol before I even go to sleep because I'm just like dancing running around being a bit of a loon um, it's the tiredness that gets me I'm not, I'm not great with being tired I'm a bit like a a toddler
0: I'm like, I can't, I can't. Yeah. not today. Yeah, I find it the sleep would be the same thing for me. I can like kind of clue myself in for when I'm coaching. As soon as the last client's done, boom, I'll just collapse against the box yeah, or whatever. <laughs>
1: not not moving for for
0: the table. Killed. Um, one thing that I've seen that you've been doing recently, I don't know if if you had been doing it before, but it's your little morning mobility routine. Uh, what was the purpose for incorporating that in?
1: To be honest, like, and maybe most people are like this, um, or maybe people have been smarter than me, but I started training properly after I broke my hip, um, and I just kind of wanted to learn how to move, how to lift. Then it was like I wanted to get stronger and build muscle, and I never really paid much attention to proper mobility, proper stretching, you know... um, looking at my imbalances because I didn't really feel like I was imbalanced and it wasn't really until the bodybuilding I got super lean when I was like looking at my body scrutinizing it and I was like I'm totally different on either side um so it's it's kind of come out of that like my goal now is not really aesthetic at all it's it's to move better I want to be the fittest and strongest you know the kind of most mobile I've ever been so like we've said before you know if, if fat loss is a goal you need to have habits that are going to be there daily And that's that's what mobility is for me every morning trying to do that so um, I can just start to get a little bit less tight. My hamstrings are ridiculous, and I just think, oh, I wish I paid more attention to it back then. But
0: and pistols are coming along.
1: (laughs) Just just eight years no pistol squats, I've just started to get them.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's a tough one. I set a goal before lockdown that I was going to be able to do five per side, like as the grass. Got about got it a couple of weeks back. It was Jesus Christ. It, I it couldn't do it couldn't do a half a pistol. I'd say about six months ago. Um, I just like was like fuck. It. I'm gonna hammer down on, on the mobility, hammer down on the strength. And the same as yourself, I I didn't really notice my imbalances. My whenever I noticed the more was when I started doing things like Olympic lifting and. Noticing that, you know, maybe I might catch a snatch, like leaning to one side a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, right, maybe there is something going on here. So then I just made a conscious effort. But it's it's a funny thing. Like most people do have slightly Im- slight imbalances side to side. It's funny when mm-hmm. it's funny when a client's like, Oh, my left is way stronger than my right. Like, is that strange? And I'm like, nope. That's probably every, every single person that I've ever coached.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Mine's like my hips. And it's funny because where I've actually broken my hip, I've got a screw and a plate in my leg and that's fine now. And it's the other side that actually is weaker and kind of gives you more trouble, but it's also from having a mixed grip, deadlifting, that uh, just screwed me. I've got a coach now and he, he screams at me he's like, no mixed grip, no <laughs> mixed grip. It's just such a habit. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, no, get rid of that.
0: Yeah. I trained myself out of that. That Like that was whenever I was doing bodybuilding style training mixed grip but then when I started doing the Olympics I was like right no there's no way I can get away with a mixed grip anymore I'm going to have to practice yeah. this grip yeah. all the time um, mm. but one thing one post that I enjoyed uh, recently and I mentioned to you before you hopped on was the post about training during the menstrual cycle um, had a couple of girls on talking about uh, women's health but it's the training itself we haven't really dug into it too much but what would be some of the, the main things to consider oh. as like a female trainer around our menstrual cycle
1: yeah cool so maybe I'll just do a bit of a whiz stop tour for anyone that's kind of listening and thinking I don't really know much about menstrual cycles especially males because it's not really something they need to know about so yeah the key the key thing um with the menstrual cycle is it is massively different for each female but there are some obviously things that are in common so Average menstrual cycle can be between twenty-four to thirty-three days, but we always just talk about it as a twenty-eight-day cycle a one-month cycle. Um, so the first kind of two weeks is what we call the follicular phase, and then the last two weeks is your luteal phase. So day one and the first two weeks, day one is when you you bleed. The first day you bleed is day one of your cycle. So once you kind of get over the PMS symptoms, you know, <laughs> being really moody being really emotional, maybe having some cramps, as you start to kind of come out of those few days this phase um, is actually where we're kind of at our best as it were, uh, we're estrogen dominant in this phase um, and we tend to recover better, we tend to feel better when we're at training we report we feel stronger we can handle more volume, more intensity in those kind of first two weeks maybe more towards like the sixth or seventh day to the 14th or the 15th and and the research has kind of shown that sometimes some women adapt better to the training in that part so you know people tend to look at it and think well we could maybe front load a lot of the volume and the intensity there in those first two weeks it also depends on how bad of a a period your client gets I know I don't really suffer with mine and some girls like me, this is thinking you bitch um, I don't really suffer, I genuinely do feel amazing um, in that first two weeks so for me I really do capitalise on that and then when you come into your luteal phase, the back end of the last two weeks you're more progesterone dominant and that's when you kind of see uh, the emotional kind of mood swings coming in, you tend to feel a little bit more lethargic, a bit weaker your recovery and your performance is kind of hampered there is an actual increase in your BMR as well, right towards the back end, right before you kind of have your your period again. And for about eight to 15% increase in your BMR. So when some of your clients in the last kind of 10 days or week of their cycle say to, you know, I'm really hungry. I can't cope. Like I just want to eat everything. Most it will come out as I'm craving chocolate when, it's a bit of an increase in appetite and maybe if they're dieting, they do want chocolate anyway. So it kind of is adding to that. Um, But some women won't notice it at all.
0: Mm.
1: So for me, I do notice it. And there's a couple of days where I'm like, I'm going to eat everything. And it tends to be (laughs) the week before I get my period. Um, But some women don't. So it because it's so individual, it's not something I would go in and go, you are going to be hungry in this week it's more getting them to report back to me so I get my clients to report what week they check in weekly what week they're in on their cycle um, and they report things like their hunger levels their stress levels anything in particular that was different and if we find that every week in the same week each month they are really hungry or really tired then we do look at reducing training volume and maybe taking their calories a little bit higher if they're dieting maybe go to maintenance if they're at maintenance maybe go into a little bit of surplus and mm. um, so those are some things to, to think about definitely in that back end, those last two weeks, if they are struggling, reducing volume. And in those first two weeks, if they're feeling good, really capitalise on that because they're going to recover, recover better and be able to kind of handle a bit more.
0: Yeah. And then it's uh, obviously our jobs as coaches then, you know, uh, have the check-ins and figure out, you know, whether it's it's they they feel exactly like you know would expect you know because sometimes you know they're not going to have the exact same uh, responses as everyone else so you need to figure out the individual differences
1: yeah it's definitely down to them self-reporting mm. um, and I know for some male coaches it can be a bit of an awkward conversation but I think if you if you let them know the reasons why you're at or, you know do you know do you have a regular cycle do you know when exactly it is like those questions can be quite awkward but if you explain the reasoning behind Mm. because it can affect your training it can re- affect your recovery it can affect your appetite so I just want to make, make sure you don't even need to tell them where and when it will affect it because that can also plant seeds and then people start to think I'm going to be hungry therefore I am mm. um so I just ask my clients like straight off in the consult do you track your cycle do you do you know exactly when you get your your period how long is your cycle those kind of questions and then they have an awareness that it's something that we're going to talk about and it's totally normal um but yeah most most females i never used to but i do track it now and i literally track my mood my sleep my appetite um when it starts to get to the week before. and i know there's kind of like a date around when i'm going to be a bit crazy and a bit hungry
0: <laughs> i'd say it's it's helpful even for you know maybe you're busy and you kind of you don't realize like what part of what uh, stage of your cycle it is and you're like oh i'm getting a bit hungry sometimes you might be like oh why am i getting hungry blah 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 and feeling guilty about it but at least if you know This time of the month, I generally feel like this. It kind of makes you, probably makes you feel a little bit better. Yeah,
1: definitely. And as a coach as well, if if they're saying that they're like super hungry and you're like, well, you know, you've been fine up until now. um, kind of And you can't really pinpoint what it is. If you know whereabouts in the cycle are, you can be like, right, cool. That does make sense. You are actually physiologically hungrier. I mean, you're going to be hungry anyway when you're in a fat loss phase for sure. But even if you're not in a fat loss phase, you might still get that increase in appetite. So as long as you know that, you can then set expectations on them. And like you said, remove that guilt. Like there's nothing wrong. That is actually normal, especially for a female. So let's have a plan and let's go with it. Rather than if you don't talk about it, they get hungrier. They then cave into whatever they want. They then don't tell you about it because they feel guilty. Yeah. And then it might just, you know, feed into all your weeks, and then it becomes a bit of a cycle whereas yeah. if they're prepared they know that it's coming you know that it's coming then it's a different kind of conversation
0: absolutely and I know it's definitely a conversation that I, I was not looking forward to whenever I was uh, starting off coaching early on uh, I've gotten a little bit better at it as a as, as I've gotten older but yeah a few, a few awkward moments like making sure i prepped everything to say it right handshaking
1: <laughs> yeah 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 like, uh. it's funny though yeah, and I do feel for guys
0: it's funny though like it shouldn't be so uh like hard for lads to talk about it. Like you were saying that lads should need to know about it. And I was like thinking more, I was like, no, I think the fact that it's always like told they don't need to know about it, then it's easy for them just to, Oh, talking about periods, just going to walk away or whatever. You know, yeah. obviously they don't have to be yeah. around to listen to all the, the exact details, but to have an awareness of yeah, like, exactly. a girl might be a little bit more likely to eat more food or to be a little bit more stressed or have cramps at least have the knowledge of that and be um, considerate of it.
1: Definitely. Yeah, that that's a that's big thing. Like, in that week where you are feeling a bit more emotional and you are hungrier, there's going to be more tendencies to emotionally eat. So it's like, having those strategies in place and knowing that is, is going to stop that. And just think, like, how many arguments could be saved between couples if the guy was like, right, <laughs> it's coming up to that date. <laughs> I'm going to keep out of her way for a few days.
0: But don't bring it up. Don't be like, it's, you know, you know what, the day. Yeah. I've made that oh, mistake period, have I've made <laughs> <laughs> have
1: you? Have you no that no decision? no I haven't said
0: that I haven't said that I like you know maybe we had an argument and then later on in the evening I'd be like is your period coming up soon or right, like that and like she would like <laughs> yeah and like knock knock up on and then you fuck up. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it's not. You're just being a dick. You just pissed me off. Like, Nothing <laughs> doing my period. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and uh, one one other thing I wanted to talk about, because obviously you, you, you're you working for Pure Gym, and at the moment in the UK, the gyms aren't open. Um, what was your thoughts on we, we got the news from Mr. Boris that we wouldn't be opening up in the 4th?
1: I've got mixed views, you know. Like a lot of people have said, we just don't, we just don't contribute enough money. Not as much as pubs and restaurants and stuff. Which, yeah, that's true. But I think we also need to remember that people that attend the gym, we're still and um, members of the gym are still a minority. There's not man- not that many people still that go to a gym. Um, it's not like it's in demand. There is a select few of us that are like, I really want to go back to the gym. Yeah. But we can exercise without it. So it, 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 I do think both ways. Um, I do think it's a bit ridiculous that you can go and get drunk and bump into people, but yet a gym's not safe. Yeah. Especially when we put all the measures in place before lockdown. We've got even more measures in place. Now you know we're, we're limited numbers. We've got squares on the floors in the gym. You can only have one person per square. There's cleaning stations everywhere. We all wear PPE. We track and trace everybody. It's like, we're safer than a restaurant and a pub um, but yeah it is disappointing but it also is you know if we are trying to protect the NHS um, we maybe yeah. can wait a few weeks yeah we're going with that one but right? like we, like people, <laughs> yeah I mean people I know I've already booked a table for a restaurant on Saturday like, <laughs> I'm straight out I'm not messing around but yeah for people to say you know but obesity's on the rise we need the gym day, it's like obesity has been on the rise for months and months and months before this and people still don't use gyms it's not about a gym being open it's about educating people it's about empowering them and it's about getting them to trust you and taking them in that environment because there's still people sat at home that will never ever go to the gym until they find the right person the right reason or they have the conversation so we can still do that as coaches um so yeah it's just one of them things we have to grin and bear and hopefully we'll be included in the next few weeks I think
0: you have, a, you have a good viewpoint on it. I, I like how you didn't go straight out and just be like, fucking, well, I wish we should be back yeah, open.
1: so Joe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, but uh, one thing that I thought was funny because there was a few people, including myself, talking about, you know, the obesity side things, but you're right, like it's been going up and a lot of people will not go to the gym and to be honest, a lot of the people that go to the gym would not be in that category. Um, um, and one thing that was, that, that, ticked me off the wrong way because it was around the same time uh, that I found out about the gyms not open it was around the fact that they're increasing the mental gastric band uh, treatment that they're going to start handing out and I was like uh, you're not allowing gyms to open but you're uh, increasing that I was like but
1: yeah but yeah well, I know what we'll do we'll give you a gastric band yeah it is um it's a funny old game isn't it but yeah I think it is for you because if you do look at the people that are like, I need the gym, I need my headspace, it's it good for my mental health. They are people that go regularly that are kind of in, in good shape and all that stuff. And I do I do definitely definitely think we should have opened. Mm. Um, it is more than just about obesity and weight loss for a lot of people, yeah. especially those that are working from home and stuck at home all the time. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. We still gotta keep fighting a good fight from our
0: laptops Yeah, absolutely. And you're right about uh the mental health side of things as well. A lot of people would have have like it's their their quiet place, put on the earphones, bang out a few uh few sets and then get, get themselves home, especially, you know, people working from home as well. I know a lot of clients yeah. that have been nearly doing more hours now that are working from home because they don't have the commute there and back. They don't even love to have yeah. a gym gym to go to. Yeah definitely How have you been finding your home workouts
1: good yeah you know what i've enjoyed it It kind of goes back to my goal of you know wanting to be more mobile and be stronger and I've just completely stripped it back and took it as an opportunity to go back to my foundations again and just build them back up so a lot of body weight stuff a lot of unilateral stuff banded work and you and i look at some of my workouts and i think oh yeah Lunges with the band, RDLs with the band. How hard can it be? And it ruins me. Like my glutes <laughs> are killing today. It's only Tuesday. I texted my coach earlier. I was like, "I'm dead. It's Tuesday, and I'm dead." <laughs> um, but yeah, it's good. It is good.
0: Yeah, I've. Uh, I've How, what a, have
1: you been doing? What have you got access to?
0: I've got a uh, three kettlebells, uh, four, eight, and twelve. So I'm not really heavy heavy in the KGs. But um, there's a local park here with pull up bar and dip bar. So I've been going for a little run, which. I hadn't done for two and a half years. I hadn't run since I was playing uh, rugby back in the day. So that was entertaining trying to get back into that. So I was going for a little run, go and do some pull-ups and dips. And then, you know, the odd session here or there, two or three a week. And what else was I doing? Doing some some classes online, which I never, I would never do classes. I would never be one for doing classes. I usually do um, a bit of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So that would be like my main training a lot of the time. Um, But doing like, Exercise. I was like, you know, what, I'm just gonna try fucking everything. I'm gonna do Pilates because I was like, I'm not gonna do it any other time. I was like, I may as well throw myself into a few of these things because it's easy Definitely. to just miss them as you know. Oh, it's not proper training. But if you haven't tried it and you un- kind of understand what it's about, it's it's not fair to have an opinion on it.
1: Definitely, that's a good viewpoint to have. Yeah, I think it's been good. Like people have tried a lot of things that they don't normally do. Getting people running more, doing a bit more cardio, but um. It'd be interesting to see. I think people will value face-to-face coaching a lot more after this. Mm. I think as, as good as it is, and it is convenient to do Zoom, to do classes online, Um, I know a lot of people that have had sessions online that their clients are now said, like maybe they were online clients and they did some Zoom sessions that are now saying, no, when we go back into the gym, I'm going to come to sessions. You just, sometimes you just can't beat that, that face-to-face coaching.
0: Yeah it suits some people like uh, i i always have this conversation because i've i've been doing online coaching for years before like any of these apps were around we sending shitty emails and spreadsheets uh and then um, yeah, yeah, PT so. for a while i'm like you know ser- suits certain people doing the, uh face to face and then the online suits other people you know some people need that person there or they, they just want that person there to almost have a chat and train hard as well you know some people need that like more one to one mentor like Mr. Miyagi sort of, sort of coaching the, uh, but then some of us just need that little bit of guidance online
1: yeah definitely definitely.
0: what do you think um, do you think the PT business in person is going to be one that uh, is going to be lucrative whenever we come back or do you think it's going to maybe be, to be affected, affected by all this
1: you know what I think it's going to make a lot of PTs look at the service and the things that they offer and I think it's only going to make it better and there's a lot of PTs that were wholly reliant on that hour face-to-face mm. when actually we know there's loads more to it. There's loads more to it around that. And people have had to think of different ways to support their clients with their mental health, with getting some structure in their day, with their nutrition, you know, doing phone calls, doing video calls. And I think a lot of that will stay and they will now have a better service that's going to help people more alongside the face-to-face Um in terms of like business, there's a lot of PTs obviously that weren't really declaring what they earn. They weren't really even set up as self-employed, and they got bitten in the arse. So I think a lot of people are going to go back and have a little bit of a shock and say, "You know what? I need to get my act together and actually run a business instead of having a hobby, which is what some people see PT as."
0: Yeah, or or a, a way to like um, fill their ego. <laughs> um, yeah, that's definitely that's that's, um, that's an interesting one. I. I I've taken a little seat back and kind of looked at my schedule because I was doing six days a week, uh, early mornings, late evenings. Not all the time, but most of them were morning and evening. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I should do more of this online stuff. You know, give give myself a few more yeah. evenings off.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I do I do um, so I do one to one online. I also do like a bit of group, and it just means you can help more people. You just your services a little bit less, mm. and then the one to one just takes a little bit more time. Um, but you definitely need to look at your schedule some time and think like, what what am I doing? I think that's another thing that maybe coaches that were busy and were providing a service before but didn't really realise how much they didn't have a work-life balance will now think, I'm not going back to working that much anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like the the thing is, it online, having that there just gives you a little bit more flexibility. Whereas when you're doing your in-person PT, it's mornings, evenings you know, that's generally what you're going to uh, be. And that's the, well, mornings, not so much. I don't mind the mornings, but the evenings, that's that's the time that you're going to want to yourself. And sometimes you're going to have to work evenings, but it's ideal to have a few here and there. Um, is that something yeah. you try and push whenever you're mentoring mentor and um, PTs is to try and be a bit smarter about that?
1: Yeah, definitely. We look at their time management and one of the first things that we do in the business foundation. So we kind of get them to, we give them a sheet of their week and say, right, first thing you're going to do is black out when you want time off. That's the first thing you do. It's not the last thing you do. So like, when do you want to be off? Don't want to work a Sunday. Don't want to work a Friday night. Don't want to work a Saturday night. Great. Block that out. And it's like, what other commitments have you got? You know, maybe you do units too. Maybe you've got to take the kids to football. Maybe you look after somebody else or you, you do something else. Maybe physio one day a week, whatever. Black that out. Then it's like, cool. When do you want to train clients? <laughs> and You'll see them go all day, every day. And you're like, no, 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 no. Think about it. Like how many people can you realistically put back to back? For me, probably no more than three sessions. So it's like, you don't want to have gap, 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 gap. You want to have like, these are my slots here. Then I've got a big gap where I go home, maybe have a nap, have some food or a train and then I come back on the evening. Or it's like you alternate one morning and then an admin afternoon and then one afternoon and then an evening. And you've got that balance then. Because otherwise, You've got people that are going to dictate your diary onto you instead of you saying, this is my opening hours. like, people don't look at themselves when they're a PT as a business. So you wouldn't go to a hairdresser's on a Monday when they're closed and go, can I book in for a haircut on a Monday? And we'll know we're closed. Yeah, but I want a haircut on a Monday. All right, cool, we'll open the shop just for you. Yeah. Like That's what PT's do all the time. Oh, I want a Saturday morning session. Sorry, I <laughs> don't work Saturday mornings. Yeah, but I want a session then. Sorry, that's not my opening hours. These are my opening times and you need to really stick to it. So I think that's definitely something that a lot of PTs, should take away if they haven't already from lockdown.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, that can also lead to, you know, when you get rejected or you get told no by a load of clients when you're out walking the floor, then it all comes in you because it's not your business that was rejected, it was you then if you kind of take that view in it. I think I, I, I was definitely like that uh, whenever I started off, just like, yeah, yeah, no problem any time, no problem at all try and just take, take anyone on or whatever time it suited them and then you know, if I did get told no by a client or a client left, I did take it a little bit more personally. That's a, yeah. a hard, hard transition to make. Was that a hard one for yourself or was that, was that all right? Early? Yes.
1: Uh, so I went the other way. So like when I'm in the PT, it's always like it's such a slow burn or like I'm not picking clients up very quickly. I'm fine. I to connect to people and I'm always saying the same thing. You, know, you have to build trust. You have to get out there and help, 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 help. Show them what you can do for them help them without asking for anything back. You've got to build those relationships because people buy from people. They don't they don't go to your profile on the board and go, oh, I've got all these qualifications. It doesn't matter if they don't know you. They might look at your picture and think she looks like a bitch. <laughs> they get to know me in a class or they speak to them in the gym floor and they go, actually, she, she's helped me. She's very sound. So I think that's one of the key things. But for me, I went into a gym where there was only one of the PCs and there was no females. So I got busy really quickly. Like People didn't really care about getting to know me, they were just like, here's a female, I need a PT, I want a female PT, can you coach me? So I took loads of people on really quickly, and I wasn't really planning service, and I was too busy for what I could do, and things started to drop, I wasn't really like planning sessions very well, forgetting things, and I ended up like losing a lot of business really quickly, because people were like, we're not going to get results, Like, what we're getting from you, we just get an hour each week. So I got a bit of a kick in the arse later down the line, whereas people take a kick in the ass at first, like, I'm not picking clients up. I'm not picking clients up, and then it starts to snowball. Whereas mm. I was the other way, and I went really busy, and then I was like, right, okay, I need to sort my life out. I need to actually scale it back, look at my service, get to know people, and then go from there. Mm.
0: And all, all, all seems that you're you're very, very good at reflecting and learning the lessons from from the past. I think that's you have to. I think most people, uh, most people should, but most people don't do that enough. So, People don't look at their own behavior or any situation. It's always looking outward as to why something happened, and never giving themselves that control. And that's something I always try and put across to clients: is you know, most things are under uh, most things that you may get upset by are generally under your control in a sense. Obviously, the shit that happens, you can't really can't really do it in the best. You know, if you if you hate your job and you don't really need to stay there, you know why would you not try something else different you know take that stressor away if if you yeah. want to if you want to lose a little bit of weight because you're a bit self-conscious about it get in touch with a coach to take that stress away
1: yeah. you know definitely definitely you can only control the controllables and there's something I try and get my clients to do every week and the check in is reflect on the week reflect on your week how did it go and then it's like cool what, what are you going to do better next week
0: yeah
1: then it gets them to think I probably could drink more water I probably could do more steps it's like, it's not me saying, go and drink more water, go and do more set. It's mm-hmm. them thinking, like, actually, I probably could go to sleep a little bit earlier next week and, and then I won't feel as tired and I won't be as hungry. So, yeah, that's something that I definitely get them to do. Um, it's just good practice, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. And I would recommend it, almost anybody to try reflect and even journal and stuff like that. I'm always hopping on to the other mm-hmm. half to, to try it. She's gotten into it recently. Like, it, it's it, some of these things, like, Meditation's another one. Like I would have three, four years ago, I'd have been like, no, I'm not going to fucking journal. I'm not going to meditate. Like it's, it's wishy-washy. It doesn't, it's yeah. not going to do it. And But these things do help. It just, it's, it is it is hard to maybe like be honest with yourself by writing down actual feelings or uh, meditating Definitely. and like just sitting there and, and being with your own thoughts. It can be a hard thing to do, but it's probably one of the Definitely. most beneficial things for me as a person and, and, and coaching is doing stuff like that. Do you always try and push, yeah, absolutely. push them sort of things across the clients if it, if needs be? Obviously, everybody's different.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um, you can see it manifest. It manifests in different ways. Uh, people will self-sabotage. They'll be doing really well and then they'll fall off. People will end up mostly eating or doing other things or mm. you know, drinking a lot of alcohol. And you just kind of have to ask those questions. Like, why do you think you do that? Where do mm. you think that's coming from? Like, what happened this week? Did something happen with something different and getting them to kind of identify things and then they might start to see oh that's a bit of a trigger oh yeah I did get stressed by that oh yeah that person pissed me off it's like cool what else could you do to manage that could you ring a friend could you go for a walk could you read a book could you put some music on and then you start to go to did you know meditation and journaling is you know evidence-based it's been proven to help people with their body image their relationship with food their stress all these kind of things so I don't try and force it on anyone because I'm not a massive meditator myself. Mm. Um, but that's because, and this is a really shit excuse, which everyone says. I am I'm busy. So sometimes my meditation is just listening to music through my mobility. Like I'll meditate yeah. then. I won't just sit and do it. And like people tend to think you have to sit and calm your mind and um, get all your incense on. It's not about that. So you can
0: go for a walk um, I don't with no phone that. or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah,
1: Exactly. So I try and put it in different ways. Like maybe you could go for a walk without your phone. Maybe you could go and get in a bath and just like listen to a podcast or listen to music and and then it kind of comes around to so you do know that that's a form of meditation kind of, you know, think about what you're thinking about. Did you feel any difference? So yeah, definitely it, it's it's all um, it's all interlinked and I definitely think coaches shouldn't be afraid to 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 have those tools in the toolbox for clients that are struggling.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people try and stay they try and stay really in the lane and only go on the training side of things. Obviously there's there's certain things you can't you can't be giving people like Psychological analysis is uh, analysis, yeah, yeah. but you know, little help, little things that you know that aren't gonna be damaging. It's worth for people to try, yeah. If, if definitely seem like they need it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a few things. Okay, I'm gonna bring up a few hashtags that I want you to respond to. All right, so I want your first thoughts on these some of these right. things. The common fitness uh, maybe phrases or a uh, uh, concept. So don't don't be afraid to hold back here. So toning up. Hashtag toning up.
1: You know what, right? This used to fuck me off. And I used to think, fucking toning up. If I had a pound every time someone said they <laughs> want to tone
0: up,
1: I'd be fucking retired. I'd be in Bali. But this is another thing. That is people's understanding. Mm. That is people's understanding of fat loss and muscle gain. Toning up. So you can ring people for going like, it's not a thing. But actually, you know, it's the same way someone going, oh, you know, I want to go out, out. You mean you want to go on a night out? It's just a different way of saying the same thing but that's yeah. how they say it. I want to go out out. You want to go on a night out. I want to tone up. You want fat loss and muscle gain? Cool, right. Do you know how to get there? And it's just that different conversation just knowing people's understanding but you know sometimes you've got to go with it and if that's some, the way someone understands something or the words that they're drawn to then use it to educate them. And and, and I'm, I do that all the time. Sometimes I'll, I'll clickbait stuff because I know people want abs they want to burn belly fat and then I'll could mate to then be like, yeah, not a thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and instead of like you know trying to sound like no, that's not what it is, like which is a mistake I would have done when I was uh, er- earlier on. Yeah,
1: I used to say like, you can't tone muscles. It's like what you mean is fat loss and muscle building.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't need to go in a crusade of like telling every single person that that says tone that that's not what it is. You, yeah. One, it like I would attribute that back to you know speaking the language of of, of the person that you're you're working with.
1: Definitely.
0: Um another one hashtag cheat day
1: uh, yeah, so this one I do hate, I do hate it, and I think it's because it's it just has such negative connotations and it is quite damaging it just reinforces that whole good food, bad food um and it makes people think they are married to something and that they are a failure if they have this 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 cheat day, or even that they need to do it um so I hate it. I very, 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 very strongly hate cheat day. I think it needs to die. I think coaches mm. that enforce it or say it should not be coaches. No, I'm joking. Well, they need to be educated, basically.
0: It's okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna just, call you for saying that, I would agree.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I think what one thing is like, A, it's fucking dumb. Mm. If you've got someone that's dieting and they're dieting all week, um it's not very nice thing sometimes. For some people they really struggle to diet and then they get to Sunday and go, Yeah, cheat day. And then they wipe out all the rest of the week. And then they wonder why they're not getting results. Mm. But then obviously the next thing is the psychological impact. Like if you're telling someone it's a cheat day, they then completely cut themselves off from that food. I can't have pizza. I can't have ice cream because that's only for a cheat day. And then when they do have it, they've got the psychological barrier they've let down and then they end up eating more than they have. They don't give themselves permission to eat these foods. And Mm. We know that when you restrict something, it reinforces the fact that you want it more. And it's just that whole... I'm a good person if I don't eat pizza I'm a bad person if I do eat pizza and it's just a real bad cycle to get in so yeah fucking hate cheat day
0: fucking hate cheat day hallelujah if we can get re- if I don't ever hear that <laughs> word again or phrase again yeah it'll be too too much <laughs>
1: start, start a fucking gang we hate cheat day yeah
0: fuck cheat day uh, if your coach looks good it means you're probably going to get good results
1: <laughs> I fucking hate this too
0: yeah fucking I, I thought you too. would most, most people that I would get on the podcast would be on that side of things so yeah I'm confirming this, my bias and this fucks me up
1: even I've worked with PTs that have come from being overweight being a member in the gym being inspired by their PT like maybe coming on a journey of weight loss or maybe a muscle gain even people that have been underweight and come through a journey and they have been exactly where the people that they want to help have been. Why do they need to look like an athlete or a fit spell, which I call shit spell. That's another one you're going to ask me about. <laughs> it's, that's another shit fucking hashtag. Um, because they're normal people. I'm a normal person. I just get pissed all the time. I broke my I was so unhealthy. And I have to go through a journey of changing my lifestyle, changing my habits. I didn't look like an athlete when I first was a PT. Does that mean I can't help you? I've walked your I've walked through your shoes, you know, I've educated myself. The way that I look doesn't show what's up in here, and that's the same for everyone. So I think it's a, a heap of shit. It's a it's admirable, yeah, great, but you don't know their lifestyle. I know coaches that are absolutely shredded that do not have a life. They are obsessed with counting calories, they are borderline disordered eating, they do two hours of cardio a day. And they might not project that onto their clients, but that's not very inspirational to me. I don't think that helps
0: myself. No, there has to be more to life. And that's one thing I do, I do try try to put across. Um, that like whenever I'm putting up stuff on social media, I don't want it to be all training or, or like nutrition knowledge or that. I, I have this perfect lifestyle because I, I know for a fact I'm going to be getting a pizza on Saturday. I know I'm probably going to have a few drinks on Friday night. So there's no point in me lying. It's going to make it easier for people exactly. to relate to you if they can actually know that you're not this robot yeah. that uh, follows everything to a T.
1: Yeah, and it just it helps for people to understand that you don't have to eat chicken and broccoli every day. Like, mm. oh, my coach, I, I had a burger on Friday, I had a chippy on Saturday and a cafe on Sunday. Like, I don't oh, want to do that every epic. weekend, but yeah. But it's like, I'll post that stuff um, because I kind of want people to go, well, how can you eat that? And I'm like, because in the context of my diet, I don't mm-hmm. eat like that all the time. You don't see the rest of it where I eat mainly whole foods and I don't demonize anything. So I'm never fighting myself. I don't have this mental battle because I give myself permission to eat so it's just normalising that kind of stuff and yeah, yeah helping reinforce it there's no really good or bad food there's good or bad diet but in isolation they're yeah. not harmful
0: exactly and uh, the last three questions now I, I sent you a message earlier just to prepare this I've been springing this, these three on people and like obviously it's good to get on the spot answers but you know I'm not getting the best album. I'm not, I'm not getting. I'm not getting the best movie. So I said I better just give a little bit of a uh, little bit of warning. So we'll start off with the best movie or documentary, your favorite.
1: Right. The best movie is Heart. Don't even argue with.
0: Oh me. yes, I like that.
1: But maybe because you're Irish, but I, my mum's Scottish, so it's very it's very close to my heart, Brave Heart and. William Wallace, it's the best ever.
0: It's fucking right. epic. I yeah. actually thank you for that. I'm gonna watch that over the next few days. That is a great yeah. show. You know what? I think his yeah. his films are very underrated. I used to be like, you oh, know, Mel Gibson. He's not that great. But then I watched Apocalypto not too long ago. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Nope. I will do that. It's
1: William Wallace.
0: William it's Wallace. Uh, Mel William Gibson. Ah, uh, br- wait. <laughs> Mel Gibson, yeah, Mel, yeah, it's
1: Mel Gibson. right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you always uh, getting too confused?
0: Uh, and then I was like, actually, no, this man can can act, and he, he he's good them, So big up to Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what's a favorite album? Uh,
1: Kings of Leon, Only by the Night.
0: Mm, interesting. I haven't listened up, it, but it's added to the list. The main reason why I have the album there is because I've gotten into listening to albums from start to finish um, I used to do it all the time when nice. I was younger and i I gotten out of the practice you know just putting play, songs in the playlists and listening to songs Yeah. but sometimes you know you lose yeah. a little bit of something if you don't listen to start to finish so thanks for the suggestion yeah. um, that's alright book what is your favourite book?
1: I'm not read, I used to love reading books when I was younger I used to like it actually used to make me angry when I'd read a book and then watch the film and I'd be like shit They've ruined it. They've pissed all over the book. So yeah. I used to be a massive bookworm, and then I kind of got out of it because of the internet. Like you can just go and read stuff. So you've got audiobooks, but I recently read, um, and this is super nerdy, but I read a book called "Is Butter a Carb," um, mm-hmm. and it's an evidence-based nutrition book, and it went through a lot of stuff that I learned on my course, and I've recommended it to a lot of my clients because it's written by two dietitians, two women, and they're very balanced. And they are heavily evidence-based. So it breaks down science without you having to actually read science. So if you're somebody that is confused or you've got clients that want to learn a bit more or even like for a coach, um, it is an amazing book. And it's written in a way that you can skip chapters. So there's like sugar, there's protein, there's plant-based. So if you're just interested on a few chapters, you can read them and it will still make sense and you can go to other chapters. So Is Butter a Carb? It is one of my favorite books at the moment. Brilliant! I will have to add that to the list to
0: the ever ever increasing yeah. list. Uh, yeah, that, get on that, there. That's it for me. Uh, thanks very much for coming on. I, I, Gray Crack. Um, where can people find you or uh, maybe catch up in some of your services?
1: So I am mainly living on Instagram at the moment. So at Sky Pure Gym. So it's S K Y. There's no one E on the end because my dad was pissed when he signed my birth certificate. So I'm supposed to have an E on the end, but there
0: we go brilliant
1: Sky Sky Pure Gym um, and then I'm on Facebook I don't really use Facebook it's mainly all my Instagram stuff but Sky Elizabeth Coaching so that's uh you can find me
0: perfecto well thank you very much and thank you everybody for listening I hope you enjoyed that podcast I definitely enjoyed recording it and I'm hoping Sky did as well make sure to give her a follow she told you what her Instagram handle is go on over there give her a follow Watch what she's putting out there, listen to what she's putting out there also. She is putting out some really great information and help educating regular folk on the do's and don'ts of nutrition and training. Now, if you've been enjoying this podcast, I would really appreciate it. All of us here at the Higher Training Team would really, really appreciate it if you give us a rating on review and review (laughs) on Apple Podcasts. Share this podcast to your story. Tell all your mates about it. Okay, building the buzz around it is really going to help raise the profile. It's going to increase the quality of these podcasts. We're going to be able to keep getting big guests on, get really interesting characters on, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, someday, we might even be able to get Joe Rogan on. (laughs) We can all dream, can't we? Anyway, thanks again for listening. You're a fucking star. No matter what you're doing, you keep fucking enjoying every single minute. Do your best to stay present, keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me, for sure, that's what friends are for, if you've actually listened to this far, fair fucking play to you, you would actually listen to me ramble on about absolutely fucking it, <laughs> and if you have listened to this far, make sure to head on over to my Instagram bio, sign up for the higher training newsletter, I keep loads of Training tips, nutrition tips, stories about myself, stories from clients, just for that newsletter. So it's a little bit more exclusive than what I put on my Instagram. So make sure you're in the loop. Well, make sure you're a member of the Higher Training fucking newsletter. Alright, enough rambling for me. You have a crack of a day.